So we are talking about the grace of God, and I believe we are correcting some misperception that churches, Christians have about the grace of God. A lot of us, we look at grace as salvation grace, taking us into heaven. And, and, and so we don't do anything because salvation is by grace, uh, not of work, lest we should boast. Okay? And then many of us, we look at grace uh, negatively because we're so weak. Uh, we, 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 uh, and then we need the grace of God. Grace has helped us to scrape through, you know, because we are so weak. And then some of us, we look at grace. You know, when we, when we have a, 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 a frightening escape from death or accident, then we say, oh, that's by the grace of God that, that we, we are safe, you know. Can you see in all this description, grace, you know, we limit grace, the grace of God uh, that God wants to give us. But uh, God is correcting us about uh, uh, the perception of grace. You know, everything happened because of the grace of God. God releases His grace so that we may rule and reign with Jesus on earth. God gives us grace so that we may inherit the blessing of Abraham, you know, uh, to, 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 receive, uh, to, to receive the inheritance, the earth as our inheritance. So because grace is so powerful, because grace determines everything in our life, the gifting that God has placed in our life, that's His grace. Okay, so everything is because of the grace of God. So we need to know how to enter into the grace of God. Grace and truth works together. When we have truth, we know better, we're able to enter deeper, more into the grace of God. See, and then grace works with faith. You know, we need to have faith to in order for us to enter into that grace. So in between faith and grace, there is a lot of hard work. And that, that's the breakthrough understanding because very often when we think about grace, we think that it's free. It's nothing that we can do. It's what God has done. You know? So we, we, we just wait for it to happen. And unfortunately, because of that kind of belief, we hardly enter into the grace of God. We just do things by our own strength. We have fallen from grace. You know, we have are, we are to start our journey with God by grace. We have to go carry on our journey in God by grace and not to fall from grace. So, uh, we need faith to release us into the grace of God. When grace is working in our life, what can we expect? So, I want, you, I want to take you back to a verse that we look at in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Paul said, I am what I am. I have become the man that I am today. It's because of the grace of God. So everything in our life is either because of the grace of God or the lack of it. Because we don't know how to appropriate the grace of God. So we did not become the person that we should be, that God wants us to be. 
So Paul says the grace of God was, was not without effect in my life. It brought about changes. It brought about transformation. It made me the man who I am today. So how did he enter beside having the faith to believe? He said, I work harder than all of them. So when we operate in grace, there is this sort of, a little bit sounds like contradiction within us. You know, Paul mentioned here at the end of this verse. He said, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Yeah, I work hard. I work very hard in order to, for grace to be effective in my life. And yet not I. Yet it's not my work. Yet it's because of the grace that was operating in me that is doing the work. So we got to understand there is a part that we got to be responsible. We got to lay hold of grace. We got to make it work in our life. We got to work extremely hard to bring it about. But we are not striving. We are not doing it all by, by, by our own strength and trying to be somebody. No, yet not I. It's the grace of God that was working. See, so it, it seems like I did it, but I didn't. It's grace. That's what it is. So you see the building, that Calvary Crown. Did we build it? Yes, we did. If we didn't do nothing, nothing would happen. Yes, we did. But did we do it? No, not really. It's the grace of God because we believe. You know, by in, in the natural, we, we don't have the ability or the, the resources, but it's the grace of God. You see, that kind of uh, contradiction when we, when we do it. So when grace is operating, spirit excellence will be manifest. Paul, he said, I was the worst of sinner. I was a murderer. But yet, because of grace, he become the top apostle, the greatest apostle of all time. Because grace was operating. You become much greater uh, beyond human expectation, right? The spirit of excellence is there. So when we believe in the grace of God, we trust in the grace of God in everything, something happened. The spirit of excellence will take place in our life. Whatever we do, we want grace to manifest. We want the spirit of excellence to manifest to what we do. We talk about the Macedonian church, right? In 2 Corinthians 8, uh, last week we talked about it. The word of God says, the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trials, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty well up in rich generosity. So the Macedonian church, because grace was operating in that church, the spirit of generosity, excellence comes in. The spirit of generosity uh, was released to, to them and they were able to give out of extreme poverty. Extreme poverty. 
they were able to give the best. They were able to give something that so impacted the churches. You know, even in Corinth, they got to learn from the Macedonian church in their generosity in giving because of the grace of God. So can you see grace is available to everyone? You know, in most churches, we see two or three, four people who are very generous, who give. The rest are just, well, just normal, ordinary. That's it. But the Macedonian churches is different. Macedonian churches. Because of the grace that was moving in those churches, they were able, every one of them, were able to give generously. Not just the odd few. Okay, so that's why I say when the grace of God is operating, you expect excellence, right? Not just the ordinary, you expect excellence. So that's why even the Apostle Paul, when he talked about the Macedonian church, he said they did what they did beyond our expectation. Beyond our expectation. You see, if we want to rule and reign on this earth, if we are just ordinary, we will not be able to enter into what God has promised us. If we are just like everyone else, we will not be able to rule and reign. We got to be extraordinary. We got to have excellence so that we can be at the top, so that we can take the lead, so that we can rule and reign. And that's why God wants to release His abundant grace into every one of us because we inherit the promise of our father Abraham. So can you see, when grace is operating in our life, it's not just for survival. It's not just to escape some disaster. No, it's for us to rise up. For us to tap into the power, the authority, the wisdom, the ability of God so that we can excel beyond what others can do. I was talking to someone uh, just this week. And the person is working in a company. They just have a new manager uh, uh, recently. And there's a big project that they have to be involved in. So the manager come in because he's like the head in that uh, company, in that place. So gather the staff and what he did is he facilitate the discussion, you know, about the project, what they need to do and so on. He's, he facilitate. But the person who spoke to me and said, he didn't add value to what we are doing. He just facilitated and get us to answer questions. But he didn't add value. He, he was not leading. He was not ahead of us. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's not better than us. He's not adding values. You see, when we are not ahead, we cannot lead. We cannot lead. And we are called to lead. We are called to bring transformation. And that's why we've got to be ahead. So you see, in, in, if we look further down in 2 Corinthians 8, we look into verse 7. Let's see what the Word of God says. 
verse 7, 2 Corinthians 8. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving, just as you excel in everything. Everything. What is the meaning of everything? It's everything. Excel in everything your whole life. Church is not about spiritual, just my faith. And, and, and. It's about everything. Who you are, what you become. Because what you do come out of this, who you are and, and what you are. So it's about everything, excel in everything. How do we shine? Because we are the light of the world if we are just as bright as the next candle. We got to excel so that we can shine. So God wants us to excel in everything. So but how do we excel? It's because of the grace of God. The, the last part of the verse gives us a clue. So that you also excel in this grace. He has mentioned the other graces. But do not neglect this one because it's in everything. You can be so good in all the other things, but... This area, if you are not good, you have not depends on the grace of God. You have to move in by the grace of God and be generous in your giving. It's not good for us to, oh, just say we are so good in this and that. But it's in everything we've got to excel. So that's why Paul said, I am what I am. I am who I am. By the grace of God. So we have to excel in everything. Thing. And that, yes, we are not good in everything, but it tells us that we got to grow and be better in everything, even though we may not be good in everything. There is no excuse. Don't say, oh, this is not my gifting. Don't say that. You see how often we get excuses. This is not my gifting. But what is your gifting? Nothing. But we have to excel in everything. The Macedonian church, they are in, in extreme poverty. Is it their gifting to give? Even the, the Apostle Paul doesn't expect it. Because they are, they are in, what is it? Poverty? Extreme poverty. Definitely is not their gift. But grace was operating. They excel in giving because grace was operating. So there's no excuse for us. So often we just say, this is not my gifting. Yeah, we may not be that, you know, with the grace of God we improve, but we may not be over there like, like others. But we grow, we become better, we excel. Do you know Corinthian is a cosmopolitan city? 
You know, it's a city. It's rich. It's prosperous. A lot of things happen. They have a lot of money. The churches, because they're in the city, but they're very stingy, miser in terms of giving. And Paul has to use the, the 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 Macedonian church to provoke them and say, "Hey, look, you know, but in the city, you see, we're so good. You know, we're so good in knowledge. We're so good in 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 uh, a lot of other things, right? We proud ourselves. You know, we are city church." You know, Kampong Church, you know, they don't know this, they don't know that, they don't know the other. You know, we're a city church. But Paul said we are to excel in everything. Everything. Not just something. And Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. He's not writing to just a few person. Corinthian church. So we need to understand the grace of God is made available to everyone. Is whether you want to rise up by faith and enter into what God has for you. So the, the first thing Paul mentioned that we should excel, he said, but just as you excel in everything, the first thing he mentioned is in faith. Faith. They excel in faith. That's the first thing. Wow. You can have excel in faith and yet not excel in giving. Isn't that a contradiction? But this tells us faith is a starting point. If you want to move into the grace of God, you want to excel in all things without faith, you'll just be ordinary. You will just do what every, everyone else is doing. But in order for us to move into excellence, the first thing that we need to excel is faith. Believing what God says. So in order to believe what God says, we need to have the truth. We need to know the truth. See, not what we think. Some of us, we have a lot of presumption, you know, but we have part, partial truth. But we need to know the truth. The truth. Because grace and truth comes together. Jesus was full of grace and full of truth. So we need to have truth in order to, to, to rise up, in order to break out in faith. So when we have uh, uh, excel in faith, I tell you, you will have a lot of endurance. Endurance. Because in order to see the reality of our faith is a journey. There's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of difficulties. That's why Paul said, I work so hard. Because there was a lot of challenges. But you have the endurance because you have faith. So there's a dimension that our faith continues to grow just like Abraham, our forefather. You know, he, he, he grew in his faith, believing God. But he has to take that step of faith. You have to take that step of faith. Your faith is not perfect. My faith is not perfect. But once we take that step of faith, you know, we begin to move. And then things will, will work out eventually, right? Because it's based on truth. Our faith is based on truth. So the truth that we have, that's why every Sunday when you listen to the truth, capture it. You know, listen to it again if you need to. Make sure you got the message so that your faith will grow because your truth grows. And, and our faith has to, has to be so big. 
Because we are, to, we are inheriting the earth. You understand? So our faith has to be, wow. And we're not there. We need to keep growing. Keep growing. And then the second area he talks about is in speech. In speech. He's not just talking about confessing the word of God. That is part of our speech. But it's in the way we communicate. In speech, how do we talk? We need to excel in the way we communicate with people. Because some of us, we really do not know how to communicate. And there are people, when they open their mouth without intention, they hurt people because of what they say. With all good intention, with all meaning and purpose, but don't know how to communicate. So it brings about that kind of uh, effect upon people. Communication, life is about communication. And communication is a projection of our spirit within. You know, how you communicate reflects the spirit inside. Whether it's hardened, whether it's bitter, whether it's gentle, whether it's loving and considerate. It's all reflected in the ways we communicate, in the words that we, we say. Communication, words, is a projection of our spirit. So the word God says, hey, you know, we've we got to excel in our speech when we communicate. You know, so sometimes it's not easy, I tell you. It's not easy. But there's many ways to skin a cat. Right? You can skin it so that it's so bloody, so that the cat is yowling and struggling and it creates such a scene. Or you can skin it so that the cat say, hey, do it more. That's how. You see, it's, it's in our speech. How we do it. And I tell you, it's harder to, to, to be patient and to, to, to communicate in such a way until the message is, is gone through. It's harder. But, but we've got to excel in our speech. In our speech. So we've got to really know when to say, what to say, how to say it. And we got to know what others are thinking. You know, there is a young man, uh, uh, an Amalekite. This young man, he, somehow he was in this battlefield where King Saul and Jonathan, you know, was, was in this battle. And, and King uh, Jonathan was dead. King Saul was wounded and he was in pain. And this young man came by and King Saul said, hey, help me. You know, plunge your, the sword in, in other words, kill me. Deliver me from this suffering because I'm dying anyway, just, just so that I die faster rather than being tormented and die so slow. So this young man did. And after that, he went to David. He thought, he thought King Saul was always against David. Everybody know King Saul tried to kill David. Here I am. I have the good news. 
he go to David and tell David, King Saul and Jonathan is dead. You see? And David asked, what happened? So the young man told him. And then David said, hey, kill this guy. Because he himself confessed that he killed the king by plunging that sword into King Saul. And that man died because of what he says. Because he was not able to perceive what is good news, what is bad news, when to say it, when not to say it, how to say it, and, and so on. He was not able. He thought he has good news. And some of us, because we, we don't know how to talk, instead of bringing life, we bring death by what we say. In a way, it's not fair. After all, King Saul asked him to plunge that sword, help to kill him faster. It's not his fault in a way. But he thought he's bringing good news to David. That's the point. He thought David would rejoice. Instead, David mourned for King Saul because he is the anointed of the Lord. Despite of his imperfection, despite of the wickedness that he has done, he's anointed of the Lord. David mourned for King Saul. So, you see, it's so important, our speech, right? When to say, what to say, what not to say. We've got to discern. We've got to know how, or else it brings death. It brings death, it brings division. Some people, they just like to pass on information and result in division. Instead of saying, hey, you know, I better keep quiet about this. This is not good. Or maybe I need to, well, do some investigation or whatever. They go and spread. And it brings about division, destruction. So we've got to excel in our speech. We've got to know when, what, how. See, 一个年轻人，他是呃亚玛利的年轻人。The third thing, he say you got to excel in your faith, in your speech, in knowledge. Excel in knowledge. You know there is an explosion of knowledge available because of the internet, and we cannot shield ourselves from a lot of things. I went to the leadership uh, Bible school. Uh, I taught on Christian leadership. They, they are having me to, to teach in another area for the other pastors or leaders again, the same thing. I told them. Years ago, we can think that, oh, we're in Taiwan, you know, in a small town. Those things that happen elsewhere, it will not affect us here. That's what we thought. But with the development of telecommunication technology and so on, the worry is so small. Anything happened here is beamed right across another part of the world. You cannot pretend not to know what's happening, what's going on, because it will affect you. You know, in those days, it, it doesn't affect us what happened in KL. Well, it, it doesn't affect us. Today, there's no difference. 
Because of the explosion of knowledge. So as Christians, we got to excel in our knowledge. We, we cannot just, just be so naive and ignorant about what's happening. You see, we, it's true, we cannot know everything. There's a limit to what we, can, what we can understand. But at least the things that you need to know, the things that affect you, the things that you can bring about changes, you must know. You see, if you don't know, you have to get somebody who knows to help you. I must confess, as far as you know, this computing technology is concerned, well, I'm almost zero. Somehow I'm, you know, well, but I know how to use people. I know how to tap into people who know. I know how to get help, right? So far, I still can depend on them until now. So, so, so I'm still quite okay in that sense. You know, people are helping me, but it's not good. I know it's not good. But what I'm saying is, knowledge has increased. We cannot be ignorant. Right? You know, I'm reading about 5G. I'm just thinking how this is going to affect us. How we can use 5G to communicate our message, discipling our people. You know, we're in the forefront of technology, even though I'm almost illiterate in that area. But I know Okay, with this development, what do we need? I'm hoping, I'm hoping that with, with, with the development of our people, next time, the discipling lesson, you just get online, get on our website, listen to it, you know, and then we have facilitator to, to just guide you along, and you're just listening to it. I'm hoping we can do it for all the Sabah AG churches. We pick the most best Malay uh, pastors who are so good in this topic, that topic, and put it together, record it together, upload it in a kampong. You are the pastor who cannot, you know, you are not really educated, but you're so good, you know, relational-wise. You bring people in, but you cannot disciple them. Get your people to lock on that website. And so they, they will know how to be discipled. Uh, they will get discipled. And, and we will help you to do that. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm dreaming. Because of the knowledge that we have. So we got to excel in knowledge in this day and age, okay, uh, instead of being ignorant. If you don't know, ask. Don't say, I don't know. And don't ever say, nobody teach me. You go and find somebody teach you. You go and ask the right person. Ask the right questions is very important. Ask the right questions. Ask the right people. Some people, you don't ask them. You don't go and talk to them. Because once you talk to them, your dreams will be destroyed. Especially those prophets of doom and gloom. All they can see is what cannot be done, what cannot be done, what cannot be done, what cannot be done, what cannot be done. Your dreams will be destroyed. You've got to ask the right people, talk to the, the right people, ask the right question. So you need to so a lot of times, a lot of things that happens, I, I need to do the research, right? I need to go on the web and find, find out the information and then, and then well, different ones and finally find the right person in order to get the information that I need. There's a lot of this kind of work going on if you want to excel. 
self-knowledge. And then when you got the information in this day and age, Donald Trump say that's fake news. <laughs> fake news. So you got to know how to digest, shift. You know, some people are they're so silly. Sometimes you get a WhatsApp message, they don't verify it, they don't know whether it's true or not. They, you know, they think it's good, they just pass on, pass on all kinds of rubbish. You, know, you are responsible for what you pass on. So shift through the news. Determine whether it's correct, whether it's edifying. Don't just be like anybody else in this world. And some people are expert in passing on bad news. Don't ever do that. Okay, pass on what is good, what is helpful. You know, you don't need to pass on the bad news. There's enough bad news for people to chew over. And you don't need to give them one more. Okay, so, so I'm going to stop here because uh, there are other things that we can talk about. Uh, but knowledge, explosion of knowledge. And so we can have access to them. And we need to access good knowledge so that we can apply it and use it uh, uh, for, for the kingdom of God and, and, and to, to, to build ourselves. So I hope that uh, um, we will understand the grace of God even better as we go along. But uh, at least we know the grace of God has come in order to bring about excellence in our life. Right? In the things we do, in who we are, this is what the grace of God wants to, wants to do for us so that we can shine for Jesus, so that we can be a light, so that we can be a leader. We can be in the forefront of things because of the grace of God. So I trust that with this understanding, there will be a cry, there will be a hunger and, and, and prayer to God and say, God, I need your grace. I need your grace so that I can become who you wants me to become and do what you call me to do by your grace. By your grace. So that your name will be glorified. Let's all stand at this time.